Hello, and welcome to the Italian Threat Intel Weekly Podcast for the week commencing the 7th of March, 2022. There have been a lot of developments in the cybersecurity aspects of the Russia-Ukraine conflict over the last week, so in a hopefully short-lived section, we're going to have a lot of the stories condensed into a lightning round-like format. Hacktivists, cybercriminals and the like have switched to Telegram en masse after the Russian invasion. Telegram messaging has taken a pivotal role in the ongoing conflict between Russia and Ukraine, as it's been massively used by hacktivists and cybercriminals alike. According to a report from the cybersecurity company Checkpoint, the number of Telegram groups has increased almost sixfold since February the 24th, and some of them dedicated to certain topics have ballooned in size, in some cases counting more than 250,000 members. The following three categories are the main ones gaining popularity as a direct result of the Russian invasion in Ukraine. Volunteering hackers who engage in DDoS and other kinds of cyber attacks against Russian entities. Fundraising groups which are accepting cryptocurrency donations allegedly being used for Ukrainian support. And various news feeds which are promising to offer reliable reports from the front line in Ukraine. After the discussions we've had about Hermetic Wiper over the last couple of weeks, Avast has released a decryptor for the hermetic ransom ransomware strain used in targeted attacks against Ukrainian systems. The decryptor is being offered as a free-to-download tool from Avast's website and can help Ukrainians restore their data. Russian authorities are greenlighting a weird form of piracy, allowing the renewal of expired licenses without requiring the consent of the copyright or patent owner. This special process will reportedly be eligible for cases where the copyright holder is from a country which has supported sanctions against Russia, but only for products with no available Russian alternative. Coinbase has come out in support of sanctions and revealed the extent of which it works with governments, while at the same time stating it has blocked over 25,000 accounts linked to Russians, which the company believes are undertaking in some form of illicit activity. Cloudflare has announced that it is taking drastic measures to protect data of customers in Eastern Europe while under the current conditions of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It announced its decision to stay in the Russian market, albeit with some changes. To protect client data during this ongoing conflict, Cloudflare has reportedly removed all customer encryption keys from data centers located in Ukraine, Russia and Belarus, and deployed its keyless SSL technology. This technology reportedly enables organizations to use a cloud vendor for SSL or TLS encryption without giving away the master key. The system moves the private key handshake off the vendor's server and replaces it with a secure session key. Russia has also created its own trusted TLS certification authority, or CA, to solve website access problems which have been piling up after sanctions prevented certificate renewals. The sanctions imposed by Western companies and governments are preventing Russian sites from renewing existing TLS certificates, causing browsers to block access to sites with expired certificates altogether. There have also been a number of concerns raised by the US Treasury that Russia may attempt to bypass sanctions using ransomware payments. Considering that just weeks before the invasion, they arrested 14 prominent Revil developers, people who have worked on one of the most successful ransomware operations of all time, we can probably assume that these people are not sat idly twiddling their thumbs while this conflict is ongoing and the Russian economy is undergoing a severe depression. Following on from last week's story regarding NVIDIA, the private key of an NVIDIA code signing certificate was among the mountain of files stolen and leaked online by criminals who ransacked the GPU manufacturer's internal systems. 
At least two binaries, not developed by NVIDIA, but signed this week with its stolen key, making them appear to be legitimate NVIDIA software, have appeared in the malware sample database virus total. This leak means sysadmins should take steps, or review their security policies and defences, to ensure that code recently signed by this rogue certificate is detected and blocked, as it is most likely going to be malicious. This can be done through a number of methods, including Windows configuration, network filtering rules, or whatever mechanism is being used to police your organization. Windows will accept drivers signed with certificates issued prior to July 29, 2015, without a timestamp. Microsoft's Windows driver signing policy does corroborate this, stating the operating system will run drivers signed with an end entity certificate issued prior to July 29, 2015, which chains to a supported cross-signed CA. The leaked NVIDIA certificate is just such an entity. Having expired in 2014, code signed with this key will, in the right conditions, be accepted by Windows even though the key has expired. Another NVIDIA cert was leaked, though it expired after the cutoff date. And in another directly linked story, Samsung Electronics have confirmed this week that its network was breached and the hackers stole confidential information, including source code present in the Galaxy line of smartphones. As discussed last week, based on early reports, the same group released 20 gigabytes of archived documents from NVIDIA that the attackers claimed is part of a 1TB cache of data that they stole following week-long access to the company's network. Now the same data extortion group, Lapsus, have leaked close to 190 gigabytes of archives claiming to have been stolen from Samsung, which does appear legitimate. Lapsus have shared the data they claim to be from Samsung, along with the description of the contents, and if the summary is accurate, Samsung has suffered a major data breach, and details of many of its technologies and algorithms are now completely public. The company did confirm to Bloomberg that certain internal company data had become available to an unauthorized party following a security breach. To quote the release, according to our initial analysis, the breach involves some source code relating to the operation of Galaxy devices, but does not include the personal information of our consumers or employees. The company representative did not, however, say if the intruders made any demands before leaking the proprietary information, as was the case with NVIDIA with the same group last week. Lapsus have said they are delaying leaking the rest of the NVIDIA information because they are negotiating with an interested buyer. The cache of data leaked from Samsung is however much larger and allegedly contains details about the company's trusted applet in Samsung's trust zone environment responsible for sensitive tasks such as hardware cryptography, binary encryption and access control. The hackers also claim the dump includes source code for Knox, Samsung's proprietary security and management framework present on most of its devices. Needless to say, coming from relative obscurity to hitting two of the world's largest semiconductor giants in a relatively short period of time, Lapsus is a group that we will have to keep a very close eye on in the very near future. Thank you very much for listening to the Italian Threat Intel Weekly Podcast. Please do not hesitate to contact us if you wish to discuss any of the items outlined here, and thank you very much for listening.